What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Yes Girl Live podcast. You are rocking with Christina Garcia, your ultimate hype girl and your spiritual life coach. I am hanging out with an amazing soul today. We've literally been trying to connect for months. She's a producer for PBS, a content strategist, co-founder of Headroom Session. She's a fun, spirited, warm-hearted woman who is just a powerhouse in our community. And she really reels in the um, beauty of art and creativity. Y'all, I'm hanging with El Neff tonight here so excited. Hello. Uh, how are you? Thank you. You're going to make me tear up and we oh. haven't even started. That's like the best intro I've ever gotten. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Stop, girl. <laughs> no, for real. When you guys start to like hear what we're, what she's all about and how we met and why you will just understand why I see her as this like huge heart in our community. And she's so involved. It's like amazing to watch. So tell us, tell us a little bit more. You want to tell them how we met? Yeah, so we met, you came, uh, I believe you heard about us through Happy Apple Podcast, right? Yes. And you came to check out one of our headroom sessions, and we were kind of just barely shifting that. So headroom sessions is our live music series, and the goal is to make the music industry more inclusive, uh, gender-wise, culture-wise, in every way that it lacks inclusion, which is most of the ways. <laughs> so yeah, you came in to watch a session. I think it was a pretty chill session that night. Um, I don't remember who was playing, but um, Alex, I- Alex. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm slipping his last name. It starts with a C. I know you guys have so many artists come through there, but he's moved to Tennessee since. Um, but anyways. I have to, I have to go back and figure out which, what his last name is so I can put it in the comments. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was really excited that it was kind of a chill night though, so that you and I could connect. It was one of those instant things. I was like, oh, she's cool as hell. I can't wait to hang out with her. And same thing you kind of said about me, your energy is just like, it just draws people in. And and I was so happy to, to be drawn to your orbit. Thank you. I know I always say that like attracts like, and there's very something similar in other human beings, energies that really pull each other together. So there's something there. So the light in me sees a light in you. So it's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, so yeah. So Ellie and I met from headroom sessions through happy apple. If you guys don't know, I used to have another podcast with two other beautiful women, uh, called love light and insight. And we did a lot of like mental health because they were psychotherapists. So then happy apple was the production company that put us on. And then he was like, Hey, connect with L at headroom sessions, went to this event. It was live. It was so intimate. It's exactly what she said. They create this like very intimate acoustic space that really gets you in the vibration and the feeling of the music. And from there, you know, she talked about all these different events that you, um, were a part of with other women in the community, other women artists in the community. And I was like blown away because I was all about collaboration over competition and just women empowerment. And then here comes out like coming through telling me all these beautiful things she's also already doing. And I was like, okay, there's a future here and come to like what is it like four years, five years later? It's been a wow. while, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably our first or second year of headroom sessions. And we are now 
um, scaling it to a full production company. So that had to have been about four years ago. Oh my gosh, for real? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I am blown away. The progress. Okay, this just goes to show you guys, right? Like with time, things evolve. And at the time, because I'm sure you, did you ever see it going that direction when you guys first started Headroom Sessions? You know, it's off and on. It's one of those things with a passion project. I have always been a little nervous to get it funding or grow it too much because I didn't want my, all my passions to feel like work, which Mm. is something I face so often. (laughs) You are not alone. I feel really lucky to be working in my passions, but it does make boundaries hard and Mm. it did make fundraising and growth hard for me. Um, and for my business partner, he's kind of in the same mentality. It was kind of a way for us to blow off steam and stay connected with community. So we didn't really envision the long term, which is really odd for me. I'm such an envisioner. Like half my journal is future entries that I imagine. So, um, but yeah, I didn't realize it would be so easily sustained. Um, but I did know the need was great. So those things panned out. Oh my gosh. So then how did it prove a need in your own life? Like, where did you see the, the blocks in your own life where you were like, we need this in the community. Like, how did that transpire for you? Ooh, yeah, yeah. So this is where I get both inspired and cynical. It's an interesting (laughs) combination. But um, I started working in the music scene in high school and I was doing things like managing bands, doing their PR. Um, It all came really naturally to me because I just love music and um, more importantly, the communities it creates and that there's somebody who is on stage being vulnerable and that's being received by an audience. I think that's such a powerful dynamic. So in high school, um, that passion landed me in a lot of places where I was just used a lot. Like the first band I worked for um, called me Beth the Secretary and I like, I was like, ha ha ha, you know, and I, and I took pride in it until I realized that I was their manager and they wouldn't say it. So, and I was just so um, cornered into the kind of groupie label for so long, even though I was busting my ass for these people. And eventually I kind of, I kind of graduated from the alternative white boy rock genre. (laughs) (laughs) I still listen to it sometimes, not knocking a whole genre, but um, I was able to experience um, the vast world of music that we have in Colorado that just doesn't get a stage. Um, And so I was able to kind of take my cynicism and say, you know what, you don't get any more of my time at this Mm -hmm. point. And I'm going to show other people who felt devalued um, that there are for them who like be vulnerable, show their strength and be welcomed with open arms, you know, the family you choose. 
Yeah. That's something I, I always say too, is like your friends or family that you choose. And what I really take from what you're saying is you went through a transition where you felt walked all over and then you created boundaries, which is so hard to recognize. Do you think that in the moment you realized that you were creating those boundaries for yourself? Or do you think it happened just naturally? And then over time you looked back and was like, Hey, <laughs> that works. I- That's a great question. I think that I did sense them coming because I I was just something that was so magical to me started to make me feel angry. And if there's, if that's not a clear sign, then what is, you know, and I've never been great with boundaries. Um, I've always been a super empathetic kid. You know, I had challenges in my childhood that made me hyper aware of emotion and hyper afraid of conflict Um, and the music industry kind of helped me pull through that to the point where um, people turned to me to help them with their boundaries which I never thought would occur. (laughs) Yeah who knew that your love for PR and music and helping others like be heard in their talent turned into you actually helping people on a human level with resistance and blocks for becoming like better themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was such a blessing and that completely launched me into activism. Um, I had a full outspoken mission at that point. And that's another thing I've always um, had a knack for activism at some point. My mom used to take me to school board meetings as a kid so I could speak to what I saw at school. And so I was definitely raised where that was okay. But um, to do that as a woman in the music industry and face these, what I perceive to be powerful people, um, butting back on that um, really was the kick, kick in the butt I needed. So that was a whole new chapter of my life. So the resistance that you got as a woman speaking Mm -hmm. her heart and her soul into what you believed in, in this music industry was still not, was still being downplayed is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Until I completely wrote off, um, pretty much all of the people I was working with at that time, uh, I kept encountering that I had one band member. I, I had expressed to someone that, I didn't even want to go to shows anymore. And I have had one band member after a show, he he said to me, he pulled me aside and said, I heard that you're not going to come to shows anymore. I just want you to know that's okay. That big bands like us will never ask for your work and you don't have to be ashamed of it. And that was like my final straw where I wasn't even angry anymore. It turns into this like Zen where it's like, I, I just knew I couldn't care about those comments anymore. And I was like, I'm going to go use my skills for people who appreciate it and who need it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Because, okay. The fact that you surrendered to the moment is huge. You just reached a point where you were like, okay, I hear you. And now I know my value because 
just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And you knew that instinctively to the point where you were able to walk away. And that is so hard for a lot of us who, you know, suffer like from people pleasing or seeking validation outside of ourselves, right? Especially in our job, because a lot of us define ourselves based on what we do for a living. Yeah. And you just in that simple interaction, which I'm sure there were multiple that led up to that point, Yeah, yeah. right? Like we're leaving out probably a huge chunk of hurt and pain that you had to go through in order to realize that, yo, I don't deserve this. And you're right. If you don't honor what you see and what I do, then peace out. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. And that was just the beginning of the work as well. It took a lot of work to get to that point. And I feel like sometimes I I get stuck in this trap where I'll have epiphanies like that. And I'm like, cool, I'm done. But no, I had to change my whole dating life. I had to get a relationship therapist was single. I had to really, really repair some stuff in order to offer help for other people. But knowing that I had just anything in there that I could offer that was being wasted was enough to kind of push me through there to get to know it a little better. Oh, that is like inspiring me myself, even someone who's in constant work, letting people know, hey, like one, it's okay for support to ask for support around you because you said you got a relationship therapist. You recognize what wasn't working for you and you were willing to, again, let it go, let it walk away just to know that you could create the, a different environment for yourself. Now, how scary was that for you though? It was terrifying. I mean, at the time I was um, going through a lot of other things. I was couch crashing. Um, and a lot of times I would be staying with these musicians. Um, so giving up on that network was giving up on any small semblance of stability I had. Not money-wise, music industry has never paid a ton. Yes. <laughs> but otherwise, um, that was my, every night was going to these shows. These were the people I had breakfast with every morning. They, And so I ended up having to couch crash again. I got an apartment where I had a boundary issue and I actually took in a homeless man from Civic Center Park and um, I got robbed. And then (laughs) I'm telling you guys the biggest warm heart of this video. Like, hello. Okay. This girl is like, Oh, you're homeless. You need a place. I'm, I'm couch surfing, but come on, let's make this happen. You're not sleeping on the street. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was actually when I finally got a studio apartment and I was like enrolling in school, but I don't think I was prepared for the, the, for all of that with what I was going through, like going to school while I'm housing insecure and stuff like that was hard. But what I did know how to do was help people. So I met this man in the park and um, yeah, long story short, he was suffering from addiction. I was safe, um, but I was able to actually talk to him years later and now he's running a rehab. So yeah, <laughs> and he, oh he apologized to me and he, but he also did tell me like, you know, that was not a safe move. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Isn't it so crazy how trusting of humans we can be? Like, 
it's something I think that we've gone a little bit away from with everything that's happening in the world right now, but that is such a beautiful reminder to me that that beauty does still exist. And that even when you are in a place where the outcome isn't ideal, right? Like you got robbed, it didn't work out well. Like you're still, you still have this like light about you where you still would do that. I feel like you would still do that till this day, maybe with a little more precaution, but just knowing that like that innate goodness is inside of us as humans is really beautiful for us to like take away from that story too. Even though it didn't turn out great, it still is like, he's now running a rehab center. So he used his pains to fuel something else beautiful in his life. And that's what you did here. And that's how you started headroom sessions. So we seen, I see now how that sprouted from all of that. So you're like, well, I get to be in control of this. So, yeah. okay. So tell us about that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I just had to say yes. So enthusi- enthusiastically, because that was exactly the, the chain and you realized it more than I even did. <laughs> but yeah. So after I hit that point, um, I ended up getting evicted from that apartment, like six months after I got it. And I was like, okay, we need to figure this out. Like, I obviously want to help people. How am I going to do it in a way that's safe? Um, I'm going to combine these issues, this empathy for people and this love for music and a little bit of that anger I held in solidarity with others who have experienced that. So um, I ended up actually crashing on my now business partner's couch at one point. And um, he and I have always been super tight. So um, as soon as he thought of headroom sessions, um, he pictured it as a GoPro and some buddies. And I said, and he asked me to come on for booking. And I said, I'll, I'll be there, but I want you to know that I'm going to be prioritizing people who are not always going to be our, our sort of buddy figure. Our buddies are going to have to find their own shows at some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, it worked out. It worked out great. It went from a GoPro and some friends to, um, I think we've done almost 200 sessions at this point. We have a PBS telecast and we are now producing a children's show. So oh my gosh. I know I'll have to send you clips. Oh my God. I can't wait. Cause you know, I have a little five-year-old. You know, you've seen Nehemiah in my stories and yes. he's so spunky. So yes, please put us on to that. And so excited. are you allowed to tell us anything about the children's show yet? Or is that oh, yeah, like, 100%. okay. And actually I was going to mention to you, um, a lot of our clips are kid produced with support, obviously. So if he has anything he wants to do for a clip, we could totally work that out too. Oh um, my gosh. My son is a Leo. He is a total ham. Yes, Clearly yes. you've seen him in my store. Loves to be on camera. Sometimes he'll even come on. And if I say good morning, he'll be like, hello, empowered souls. Yes. Oh my God. That is kid yes. for sure. Right? right? <laughs> so yeah, we'll definitely have to, we'll link up about that later for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so the show is called Farmer Dave and Friends. And it's a collaboration with a children's musician who has a band called Animal Farm. And this guy, David Layden, has been doing children's music forever. And um, he, I, I don't want to do his degrees wrong by getting them wrong. But he went for things like teaching kids emotional intelligence and things like that. 
and he's also very activism minded. So we're able to take pretty um, heavy hitting topics and make them digestible for kids. Um, Self-awareness, holistic health, um, relationships, things like that. Love PBS. PBS is where it's at, man. They be putting it on the right way. I'm just saying, I am yeah. just saying. <laughs> oh, I am obsessed. And I'm not just saying that because I work there. I work there <laughs> because I'm obsessed. That is beautiful. <laughs> I've loved them for so long. I was like, hey, can I be a producer yet? Okay. So let's talk about that then. Let's talk about <laughs> that because I don't, PBS hasn't always been, um, entangled with headroom sessions either. So I know you were saying that you didn't always work for PBS, but it's something obviously you wanted to do. How did you get yourself in there? Headroom sessions. Um, (laughs) yeah, the key to my life. Um, actually I met the director of production through girls rock, uh, which you and I had talked about when we met, which is a summer camp for girls, trans and non-binary youth. And um, we put them in bands, teach them instruments, and also teach them self-empowerment workshops. So whenever you meet someone in that kind of environment, you kind of know there's a huge connection to be had. Um, So I met the director of production there. We always got along. And then eventually she said they had a music slot for PBS. And we started producing that telecast. And I had this light bulb moment that feels like it came late where I was like, I think I'm a producer. (laughs) Yes, own it, girl. Yes, you are. I am a producer. Yeah, yeah. So I I talked to her about it and I said, hey, will you give me some pointers on producing? And from then on, for the next like two years, she was finding ways to get me into opportunities with PBS. And then um, I think I'm one of the first full-time hires they've had in, in maybe around a decade for a producer what? contract work. So yeah, she was a phenomenal mentor, Heather Dalton. Oh, shout out to Heather Dalton. Y'all shout (laughs) out to you, girl. Look at what you cultivated. That is so awesome. Yeah. And she used to be actually one of the original VJs before MTV came out. She had a VJ. Yeah. So it. Yeah. Which is funny that you bring that up because I think that M- MTV just had like a VMA. Didn't they just have a VMA? I feel like. I think so because I saw Lizzo's TikTok about it. That's why I keep up. <laughs> Lizzo's TikTok. TikTok is my new news station. Girl, she is fire on TikTok. I ain't going to lie. She owns herself. You want to talk about a woman that like is, is proud of who she is and unashamed, unapologetically, Lizzo. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I could watch her all day. Totally. Absolutely. Okay. So I can imagine though, you're toggling headroom sessions and then your PBS producer, your content strategist. So like, how are you handling that as far as like, is it a lot? Are you reaching burnout? Like, what is that looking like for you? Who? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. It's definitely something I've been facing. Um, so I don't really do content strategy anymore. I, my goal was to step out of marketing. Uh, it turns out marketing is one of those things that you can never step out of though. <laughs> so I still do like some copywriting on the side, but it's super flexible. Um, Headroom Sessions is a side project now and PBS is full-time. 
the good thing about PBS is it ebbs and flows. But um, when I first got the job, I was just in complete honeymoon phase, mm. thought I was invincible. And even when Heather would say to me, you know, take this pause, I was so eager to prove myself that I'd be like secretly working on the side. <laughs> I was like, I have to keep this job forever. And she even very clearly warned me. She was like, look, I'm not giving you work right now because you're about to get busy. And then flash forward a few weeks and I go from being on one show to including headroom sessions, five shows. And it was just like a truck hitting me. And so now I'm finding a balance between that honeymoon phase and like just crisp, clear reality. <laughs> what does so, that, what does that mean to you? Crisp, clear reality. <laughs> like what does that, you're such a visual person. So what would that look like for you? I think it's just, uh, ooh, that's a toughie. I, that's probably my journey of what I'm figuring out right okay. now. Honestly. Okay, love that. <laughs> like uh, I was getting down on myself this week because my apartment got so messy. I'm like, I'm good at different things and like cleaning up after myself is not one of them. <laughs> I will openly admit that. But I used to like beat myself up for it. And now I'm trying to just take it as a sign, like embracing the reality. Why do I think I haven't cleaned as much as I want to? Maybe it's because I'm trying to work three jobs when I don't really need to do that. So isn't that it's so interesting? Yeah, it's interesting because you talk about boundaries and how you're able to recognize it. And then you go through this phase and now you're going through this burnout phase where you're like getting invited to re-recognize where you get to create those boundaries. Yes, yes. And I'm so tired from work that it's hard to face that because I'm like, oh God, more self-care. It feels like a job in itself, you know? I'm like, I don't have time for a bath right now. Come on. <laughs> but it's it's so necessary. It's so necessary. And I definitely felt my body like hitting a wall this week. And when that starts happening, I'm like, okay, leave some space. But again, that comes with being so passionate about everything I do. Mm -hmm. Typically, you know, you can scale back on some things pretty easily. But when I'm so in love with these things and all the deadlines seem to be the same, I don't have like the mental capacity to know what to scale back on. And sometimes I just have to remind myself of the big picture, like, all right, get through these two weeks and get that stuff out. And then you're going on vacation. Yes. So where's the next vacation? Ooh, so my friend and her boyfriend and I are going to go to New York City to see an off-Broadway show. And they like they like the bougie stuff. So we're doing some like rooftops in Manhattan situation. Yeah. yeah. And then we're taking a train down the East Coast to Salem to check out like historic stuff, ride on a boat, stuff like that. So that'll oh be gosh. That's yeah. beautiful. Okay. So you really are taking like your own advice and you're like, okay, I'm going to get through this. And then boom, it's happening. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to something you said, because Heather told you like you get to create space for the need to pause. And then you went into, well, it's because you always feel like you need to be busy. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a vital thing that you bring up because a lot of 
women that I know when they're juggling multiple roles in their life, whether it's because they have three jobs, whether it's because they are a mom and they're doing, you know, they're a spouse or a partner or whatever. They have this need to be like, if I'm not being busy, then I'm not creating success. I'm not creating period. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what advice would you give someone just based on what you've gone through? And since you're in it right now, like what's helping you get through that? Yeah, I think, well, what we just touched on, which is like taking a step back at the big picture and making sure you give yourself a mental out. I realizing that like end dates or vacation outs in my mind are such a lifesaver, but also like realizing how much of this is capitalist programming mm, and get into that girl tell us tell us about that capitalist programming what does that mean yeah so you know schools themselves were built off the industrial revolution and training people to be productive in a way that's beneficial to economy mm. and in that moment that seemed very needed for them. And sure, an economy is important, but it was not based on humanity. Um, And that is a big reminder for me constantly that even if I'm doing work that I'm passionate about, that I can very easily slip into this capitalist mindset that my value is based on my productivity, my value as a human, not even as an employee. because those things intertwine. We are always going to be humans. We can't completely compartmentalize ourselves as I'm an employee from these hours and a human in these hours, but we're kind of trained to think that we can do that. Um, So my advice is remembering you're human and rest is rebellion. It's Mm. something my mom told me about body image stuff. I've been having some body image stuff as I feel out of control of my work and embracing that is rebellion. You know, if you're upset at the place you're in rebel by taking care of yourself. Oh, that was so powerful. Rest in rebellion. Also, I want to give a shout out to your mom. Cause she sounds like a pretty awesome pretty awesome woman. <laughs> yeah, she figured some stuff out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows, it shows cuz she's obviously raised someone who's very resilient in her work, very passionate about it and even though when you're hitting the blocks, you're still willing to plow through and figure out how to make your way around that. And I think rest is important, going back to rest. It's important because it really reamps the mind to especially in your work of creativity to reset, rest and reset, right? And mm-hmm. so I think beautiful that you bring it up as a rebellious part of what we're trained to know in society. I've never thought of it that way as like rest is rebellion. And that is so powerful. Like you got to put that on a shirt, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm in. I'll totally work with you. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially for like, you know, spunky women who like recognize the systems of oppression And that's something we so easily overlook, but can be the biggest revolution is taking care of ourselves. Mm. So that reminder definitely carries me through. And it's funny that you said creativity, because something I realized in this role that I have where I am given creative space is 
I never considered myself a creative. I always put creatives on this platform and thought it was my job to, you know, amplify everyone else's voices, which is important. But now that I have a job that respects work-life balance and a mentor who's like a big sister as a boss, um, I feel like a creative because I have a moment now and then, not this month, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mostly keep it real. Keep it I real. I have a moment to just let my mind wander. And I have not given myself that for so long that I mourn the years that I didn't celebrate my creativity or give it space. And I do think that was one of the small perks of 2020 was I had to sit and stare at a wall. And you know what? Ideas came. So <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. 2020 was crazy. I mean, we're still kind of in a crazy year, but it really did force a lot of us to create stillness. You know, a lot of us, I think up until then have been complaining about, you know, oh, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I don't want to do this. I want an opportunity just to slow down, just to slow down. And then it's like here as a collective, we, we can, you know, we, we put this together. I think, I think that's a big energy that we put out together. So then here we are inviting stillness and in, inviting the pause and and then through that you found creativity again and found a way to create yeah and I want to say why I w- was allowed to have creative space in my mind was a little bit privilege based at some point okay because when I was going from couch to couch I didn't really have time to be creative you're so- in survivor mode Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it really reminds me also of the untapped potential of people who are really going through things, which opens another doorway to supporting community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Something also that I was thinking about that you had said earlier is how like, now that you finally found respect and passion in the same space, which has been a struggle in previous positions before that's a really great uh signal for some of us who don't know like how do I know this is right how do I know where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be and I obviously believe in divine timing I believe that everything happens for a reason but you just gave us a perfect example based on where you're at right now and how it ebbed and flowed within your body of it being you being able to create feeling respected and being pure in your passion. And it's, 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 it's so inspiring to me. It's so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that leads into my final note of advice about it, that even if you don't feel what you're seeking in there, if you're seeking it in general, it's likely because it's there waiting to connect with you. Mm. So it took me 20 years to consider myself a creative, but it was in there. It was in there and it was ready to go. Yeah. It's like, you've fully been able to see yourself in the power that you created for you. And you're just like full in it. You're full in it, girl. And I see it. (laughs) It's a roller coaster, but I am strapped in. I'm ready. (laughs) I love it. I I love it so much. Well, you already dropped your final message. So if you want, we can get into the final segment of the Yes Girl live podcast, which is the this or that. Are you ready for that? I am so ready. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right, y'all. This is a really fun segment. We just do this or that. So I'm going to give you a couple options and you're just going to pick one. 
Deal. Yay. All right. And it just gives us, gives the audience a chance to get to know you on a silly level. We've been getting a little bit deep, but now I'm going to close it on, on, on a silly, silly fun side, the fun hearted yes. side that I was telling you that L is all in general. So, yes. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Music nineties R and B or two thousands R and B nineties. Ah, yeah. My girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Mullet or man bun. <laughs> if we were in the 80s I would have done the mullet thing I'm sure oh it's neither an option <laughs> yes perfect I'll take it. you're like not yeah, good I'm gonna go with a hard no on people <laughs> okay we'll take it we'll take it um horror films or romantic comedies Ooh, man choices are hard I would say seasonally I like horror films okay um, otherwise I need to unwind so okay okay let's take it let's take it uh DJ or live band Ooh, it depends on how many drinks I've had <laughs> fair, <laughs> I'd fair. say live band graduating into a DJ so, okay yeah, live band <laughs> so if you end up at a club with a DJ chances are you've had a really good night Yes, I've had <laughs> one to three tequilas. Awesome. Okay. You guys note that. Note that. Are you single? Yep. Okay. Got fellas. Okay. Watch you know. Out. Here you go. <laughs> There's your sign. Okay. Beach villa or cozy cabin? Ooh. I'm going to say cozy. Wait. No, I'm going to say beach field. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause we live in Colorado, right? You yeah. Yeah. In the backyard. <laughs> I do miss the ocean so much too. <laughs> um, have you ever lived by an ocean or did you ever live in a state where there was, that was like a reality available to you? Um, I was before last year going to California every summer to Ojai to work at a girls rock camp out there for like three weeks at a time. So it was like a summer home. And yeah, I just miss being able to just drive down to the ocean that never gets old. Never gets old. Never gets old. I love that. See, we're learning so much about you. It's so beautiful. <laughs> big heart. Love it. Okay. Uh, since we're entering the fall season, uh, pumpkin spice or apple cider? Pumpkin spice. Okay. <laughs> Basic. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'll put the big B on my shirt. <laughs> I'm not judging you, girl. I'm not All judging my Uggs. you. Yeah. <laughs> now you're really speaking California. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, shower in the morning, shower at night. Shower in the morning. Okay. Um, and then, okay, last toilet paper over or toilet paper under? over over yes. yeah <laughs> I had to like calculate that in my head <laughs> You're like wait what is she asking me <laughs> yeah. I know awesome. I have a very strong opinion about one or the other so I had to make sure that I got it right but yes over Just rip and go rip and go <laughs> I'm with you girl I am with you 100% I'm not trying to like pull the whole roll with me and I feel like that happens when it's under yeah yeah no surprises during that time <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Elle. Can you tell our people where we can find you? Absolutely. So um, Instagram, I'm at Denver Dabbler. That uh, kind of is a showcase of all my different projects. 
Headroom Sessions is at Headroom Sessions or headroomsessions.com. And then you can catch some of my new programs like our youth empowerment program called Generation Grit on PBS 12 and pbs12.org for people out of Denver. Um, and Farmer Dave and Friends is also at pbs12.org. So exciting. I didn't realize I had so many links. I need a link tree. Girl, okay. <laughs> yes, recognize it, own it, all yes. of it. <laughs> well, this has been a, such a pleasure. And if there are artists out there too that want to link up with you, you're obviously an amazing resource to have in, in, their, in their life. So if you're listening to this, you're an artist, you're trying to get active in the women community, clearly L is your girl. Yeah, yeah. So I have a few contacts outside of Colorado. Um, Colorado music scene, though. Yeah, come come at me. Um, Headroom sessions. What we do for the musicians is we provide three videos, three recorded audio tracks and a small photo shoot. So it's like a mini electronic press kit. Um, And like I said, the focus is helping with inclusion. So if you've been struggling to feel included in the music or art scene, I can find your people. Ah, oh, that is warms my heart. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to come. I haven't been back out to another session at Headroom Session, but I really cannot wait to come through. Are you guys back up live again or? Yeah, we will be uh, next month. Okay, uh, next month. Barring any surprises, you know. Ah! Yeah, luckily our, since they're so intimate, our, we're pretty COVID safe. So, yep, we want some audiences back. I would love to see you in person again. That would be so fun. I need a hug. I'm a big hugger. I gotta get that hug back. Yes. Virtual hug. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much, Elle, for your time, for sharing your vulnerable heart with everybody and putting us in the know of what's going on out there in, in the industry, because I think a lot of us are so disconnected and can be disconnected at times that this is a beautiful way for us to connect. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having this platform. I feel like I even learned about myself in this conversation. Yes. What kind of of life coach would I be if I did not like bring some of that liveliness into and that like neediness into the podcast, right? Yes. Comes so naturally for you. (laughs) Thanks, girl. Thank you. Empowered souls, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yes Girl Live. I am always just so appreciative. Anything you want to do to support this platform, like, share, subscribe, do all the things, you know I greatly appreciate it. You can catch me on IG at lifecoach underscore yes girl thrive. And as always, guys, be great, vibe high, and can't wait to kick it with you in the next episode.